College football in the NCAA, a multi-billion dollar enterprise, is dying. I don't know what to tell you except how it happened. If you have somehow avoided the sports world's gargantuan orbit over the last 18 months, I'd like to meet you. A, to show you what Twitter is, and B, to catch you up with the biggest story in sports in my entire lifetime. Picture this. You're the best high school football player of your generation. If this was 2008, heck, 2015, you'd play two, maybe three years of college ball at Alabama, Ohio State, and head for the stardom of the NFL. That's if you make it. If you don't blow out your knee, blow coke 10 seconds after you get drafted, or shit yourself on Sunday Night Football. Well, what if there was another option? Or if you shat yourself as a rookie, you already had $100,000 for adult diapers. Hey there, welcome to Hurry Up. I'm your host, Will Doubleday of WHGF in Denver and MPR, Manichaw Public Radio. And the story we're going to talk about this first season is the ACL, a league that did to college football what no one thought was possible. I certainly didn't think it was possible. And that wasn't just because until three months ago, I was on the entertainment beat. So what the hell am I talking about? I don't even know. That's why I hit the road to meet the people who brought it to life. But I started by going to the ACL's website and copied their mission statement. 97% of students playing college football at Division I schools do not play professionally. 100% of players are working a full-time job and playing for their schools for no pay. We're building the next generation of football players ready for the demand of their professional life, no matter what it may be. Your anterior cruciate ligament, or ACL, holds the foundation of your knee together. The American Collegiate League, or the ACL, holds the hope of a better future for the game of football. Why do I believe amateur athletes should be treated as something more than indentured servants? I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a human heart? That's Cal Donovan. He was the passion behind the project, as you can hear. You played center in college, right? And the NFL, buddy. One whole training camp. It was wild. That's until I got clipped in a preseason game and blew out my ACL. Huh? Get it? Branding. But seriously, that was my second ACL tear on the same knee so I could literally feel in my meniscus. My playing career is over. There were some rough months after that. Cal sank into a brief yet concentrated depression full of too many late nights watching too much ESPN Classic. It was the textbook downward spiral that kept downward spiraling until Cal got a phone call from his dear old dad. It may or may not have been the middle of the day when my pop called, and I may or may not have been hiding in the middle of the living room with all window shades drawn, wondering where can I get Vicodin with the fewest questions asked. But then he gets on telling me about his coworker's son getting drafted into the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And I'm like, wait a second, am I already high on Vicodin? Because what the fuck is that? I put the same question to my sources, the fellows at our sister station, QMPR Montreal. The Q, as it's called, was the Great White Norse equivalent of college football, but without all the institutional red tape around it. Kids practice, kids played, kids got an education, and most importantly, they got paid. Not a tremendous amount, but enough to save some scratch, with enough left over for a few soda pops and milkshakes on the weekends. NHL teams could draft them at 18, and they could stay in the queue until they were 20. After that, they had to find a new route to the NHL, or start a career off the ice. Whatever the choice, a four-year salary averaging $50,000 a year is a nice boost. Plus, 
you get to be a professional hockey player, which, if you're a Canadian, I gather is pretty cool. How doesn't this exist for football? Huh? Like, like a minor league for the NFL. Why isn't that a thing? I ripped out chunks of my own hair asking him this question, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I had a bald spot, man. Would it require the grace of God to accomplish? Yes. But, and I don't want to toot my own horn, I knew it was at the very least a cool idea. Cal simulated guidelines for how the league would look. 456 items long. He said 80% of that happened in a two-week period after that call with his dad. The season starts. I'm watching with my little list. Ten minutes in, a D-tackle from North Dakota State gets rolled up on and carried off the field. He's a junior. He'll be back next year, but damn it, that sucks. Meanwhile, his smug asshole president is eating lobster fucking cocktails because he just got paid to be blown out by number 11 Iowa in his own building as his players kill themselves voluntarily, I concede, but for tens of millions of dollars and seeing none of it. And just to get out ahead of any scholarship mentions, it's bullshit. A scholarship is monopoly money to colleges. Players need actual money. What if that kid from North Dakota had five figures in the bank? More on the way. His medical bills are taken care of. What's that injury like then? You hear it all the time. Football is a business. Finally, that sunk in. So the only way to actually pay kids is to make it a business. So I talked to Greg. Greg Scott was a student at Michigan State getting a degree in business and entrepreneurship. I think you see where this is going. Cal and I had classes together, mutual friends, and most importantly, we were in the same fantasy football league. Our first meeting lasted five hours. I asked questions, he gave me answers that made a lot of sense. I was a player charger for my high school football team. I knew very early in life I didn't have a future on the field. He's always been the smart one. Dick. But it's hard to be in a fantasy football league and not be obsessed with football. Unless you don't have money on it. And in that case, what are you even doing? So yeah, I love the idea. And just like that, you're in? You believe the Cal gospel? Love the sound of that. Not believed fully, no. But he talks about the queue, his ideas for advertising, broadcasting, school participation, and it starts to click. They would be miracles, but they're fun to think about. I mean, Christ, he kept saying, 300 kids in a sea of thousands, that's it, that's all we need. We watched the movie 300 way too much. We even watched the parody version, Meet the Spartans. We got it at a red box. Stop telling people that. He wanted this generation of players to earn what they deserved in case they don't go pro, which is almost all players. He was possessed. Okay, possessed is a strong word. I understand the competitive nature of a football player. If I see an opportunity to play the game of football for money and good money at that, I'm attacking it. There are not many jobs for 20-year-olds at 51K. So yeah, they might be skittish to jump in at first, but once they learn the water's fine, they'll cannonball and will start a fucking monsoon. Possessed. Cal had an ace in the hole too. Licensing. A salary was nice, but a limitless cap on what a player could earn based on their profile? That was the game changer. Believe me, college football players would make a lot of money if they could make any money. If Jameis Winston played in the ACL, he could have bathed in crab legs and no one would have batted an eye. Scholarship? Psh, nothing beats cash. I mean, we pay them with checks. We're not animals. But you get the point. And building this sure as hell made business school more interesting. 
We met every day, eventually moved in together. We talked to one of our professors four times a week. My God, those meetings were humbling. Schnell helped us realize we needed thousands of people to work at stadiums. Likely a team of lawyers, because the NCAA wasn't going to like this, and a sustainable budget, which I believe is French. This wasn't a typical two-person startup. The two of us could not be the sole employees, nor could we continue to send emails from our personal Gmail accounts. Months later, we know what it looks like. Salaries, stadium usage, partner college initiatives, advertising, broadcasting, licensing, anything that would cost or generate money, we had a plan for. So yeah, it looks great on paper and in our heads, but the only way we get players and workers is by getting big name coaches and owners. Did you think that would happen? I mean, I knew coaches who might be interested, right? The, the idea is nice. But why would they take a giant fucking gamble like this and put their reputations and careers on the line? Yeah, the Schnellster said the same thing. He mentions he has a connection to a Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk, who has ins at our broadcasting partner, YouTube, if you consider YouTube broadcasting. And guess what? He's always wanted to own a football team, if you consider the New York Jets a football team. And he's speaking at Michigan State the week after. So we thought, perfect. Here we go. We'll dazzle him. He'll invest, we'll party, and scorch earth the NCAA. What actually happened is we're introduced on the run for God's sake. Trying to keep up with Vaynerchuk after the rush of a speaking event is like trying to catch a honey badger with your teeth. I end up yelling, hey, want to own a college team where you pay the kids in New York? He didn't get it. So no golden ticket, and we're left with either get someone famous to coach or own a team and or raise a shit ton of money. There was not one other thing we could do legally. You never know how you're going to react when faced with a challenge like that. I learned my nervous farts smell like licorice. My nervous farts smell like a hot dog killed itself. Happy? What kind of question is that? I thought this was a public radio, you freak. That's Mason Spaulding. While the ACL was being built, Mason managed the NCAA's player development program. He made sure teams were in order, covered his ears and sang when violations were brought up, essentially served as the public face of college football. It would also be his job to make sure the ACL didn't happen. I got wind of an ex-player and some MBA asshole at Michigan State trying to leech off of us with a league that pays players. Paying players. Never heard that one before. You know what it sounds like to me? Fantasy. You weren't the least bit scared? Scared. Scared of two flecks of spittle from Lou Holtz's quivering lip? The NCAA owns municipalities in Georgia. No. No, we weren't scared of two guys in their basement with no money, no coaches, and no players. Right around that time, Cal had an idea for a coach. A former teammate of his, Oakland Raiders quarterback and rookie asshole of the year, Connor Cook, was slated to join John Gruden's quarterback camp on ESPN. A 60-minute segment with 15 minutes of drills and 45 minutes of Gruden's aggressive Ohio non-accent hissing, Are you kidding me, man? And spider do I banana as they break down the player's film. Cal talked to Gruden for an hour. Gruden told him to give him a week. When John Gruden gets fired up, it is a sight to behold. I could see it in his eyes. He loved the idea. He was pissed Mike Tirico left ESPN, and he was hungry for something more, something tastier. He heard me out for an hour, and he did not have to. He called me literally as I was learning of his resignation on ESPN. He said, we doing this? I screamed incoherently to the skies and burst into tears. The story blew up. Cal, Greg, and Gruden won every sports show. Well, Gruden skipped ESPN, naturally. He didn't want to run into Sean McDonough in the cafeteria. 
It was the first time Cal and Greg had ever met a hashtag. But, like absolutely everything on Twitter, not everyone was thrilled with the news. I said, and I quote, <clears throat> Fucking fucking nut fucks. Gavin, get the fuck out of my office and don't come back Monday. End quote. Now, I had to shut this down. So the coaching staff of the ACL had a famous face. With Gruden on board, they went to the same place every business looking to bring their product to life goes, Kickstarter. There were 10 levels of rewards. $25 got you an ACL t-shirt. $100 got you a sweatshirt of your team's choosing. For $500, Cal and Greg would cook you dinner. That one bit us in the ass. At one point, we were cooking four dinners a night for a month. At the end, we cooked three giant vats of spaghetti, divvied it all up into single portion Ziploc bags, and overnighted them. It technically counted. $1,000 got you a ticket in the owner's box. Only 100 people were eligible for that. For $2,000, 12 lucky fans would get to do the coin toss during the opening season. $5,000 got you season tickets and the seat in front of you so you could put your feet up. And for $10,000, one was chosen for the Rudy Pass. I'm familiar with the movie, Rudy, just not the pass. 10K got you an honorary roster spot in the team of your choosing that first year. That went in like hour 13, amazingly quickly. And my God, Scott Wisniak, the 46-year-old senior electrician from Bear Point, Wisconsin. Boy, did he play like a 26-year-old junior electrician on that kickoff, let me tell you. Their $10 million goal was beyond ambitious. Sure, a lot of people might think it was cool and throw some money at it, but Kickstarter goals have to be reached in 30 days, or everyone who pledges gets their money back. The campaign is dead. That first day, just to be sure, I emailed every coach in college football and basically told them to do whatever it took, whatever it took, to keep players and recruits. What does that mean? What are you doing? What's that? What is that? A reminder. The law offices of Saperstein... Rabinowitz and Hitler have advised Mr. Mason Spaulding against publicly discussing legal matters pertaining to his tenure with the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Well, all right then. Is there a statute of limitations on that? The law offices of Saperstein, Rabinowitz, and... Okay, I got it. In 12 hours, the campaign raised $2 million from 20,000 donors. Hashtag minor league football was the number one trending topic in the country. Deadspin covered it first. Then Bleacher Report, BuzzFeed, Barstool, HuffPo, Vox, Fox, Yahoo, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, and the NCAA's darling, the worldwide leader in sports. Here's Mason on CBS This Morning, calmly talking about the ACL's emergence. Don't get distracted by shiny objects, Charlie. The PCL, MCL, ACL, whatever it is, it's a fad. College football's an institution. If you want to play professional football, going to college and being institutionalized has been the best way to do that for 50 years. Now, Cal, on Last Week Tonight. Look, John, I get why everyone is freaking out. I do. People in the press and on Twitter, my mother. Parents, I can tell you this. Lacrosse ain't paying. After a week, the ACL reached their goal. Kobe Bryant's new venture capital firm, Richard Sherman, Arian Foster, Jay Billis, the voices of pay for college athletes, were the most lucrative and famous donors. Foster, bored in retirement, donated $500,000 himself, and Billis was pumping out rap lyrics on Twitter with the Kickstarter link and dollar signs three times a day. At the end of 30 days, the ACL raised over $40 million. Cal and Greg's new ACL inboxes were flooded with coaching applications, 
term sheets from investors like Mark Cuban, Mark Zuckerberg, the late Jerry Jones, and Vaynerchuk that included a three-year contract proposal from YouTube to broadcast games. The ACL was alive. And I was dead in the water. I was officially fired when the Kickstarter ended, but I was actually fired when I fired Gavin. I didn't have the authority to do that, apparently, because he was my boss's son. It meant one thing. They were afraid. This episode of the Hurry Up Podcast is brought to you by Circle. C-Y-R-K-L-E. Circle is the most efficient way to keep up with the people in your social circle. Download the app, circle whoever you want in your contacts to text them weekly, and let them know you're circling back. Circle, turning radio into radius.